Hello and welcome to more like the Let's Experiment show about finding new homes for the lost and forgotten characters in Marvel Crisis Protocol. I'm your host, Lexa White, and with me this week is a returning guest, Vince Chan. How have you been? Doing great, Lexa. Glad to be on again. It has been probably about two years since we have spoken. It's been a long time. Time flies. We're still enjoying some MCP. Yep. Quite a different game now from when we last spoke on this podcast. Yes. So we last spoke on episode 30. Let's see if that's in my records or not. Yes, it is. So back in episode 30, we still had uh, tactical analysis was still around. Very uh, nice. We only had 18 tactic card slots. Uh pentagrams with only two power <laughs> so yeah very different game now. a very different world mm-hmm. and if i remember i brought black dwarf and was running him in steve i think that was the uh the list we built we did steve and defendants we oh did very dual nice. affiliation okay. yes um but yeah for those who may not know you, would you mind introducing yourself? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like you said, my name is Vince Chan, not to be confused with the other Vince, Vince Kirkov. Every now and then, about once a month, I get a message, a DM confusing me with the Alfredo Taco Truck Vince. Um, I am a Canadian player based out of Toronto, and we've fostered a pretty good local scene here now in southern Ontario. It continues to grow. We've got uh, a pretty good tournament scene in Turnout. We've basically got a tournament every weekend at some of these local stores, probably an hour and a half drive in total if you're going to make every single tournament. And it's just great to see the scene grow. Um, Every month we've even got a 28-person tournament that sells out in about four hours after tickets are sold. So it's great to see the, uh, the scene growing here in southern Ontario. And we're going to start traveling sometime soon. We've got a bunch of us going to Second Wind. Maybe maybe next year we'll have a team for WTC. Ooh, that's exciting. Are you guys going to try and make it out to LVO next year? That's uh, that's definitely on the agenda as well. All the bigger cons like uh, Adepticon, LVO. Second Wind lined up well for a lot of us this year. I know some of the Montreal Shark Tank are hoping to get in on that as well. Yeah. Um, but LVO would be fantastic. Yes, LVO is the one I help out with, so uh, I will finally get to meet you in person. Um, oh, absolutely. But I, heard you, I heard you did a great job th- this year. Thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, speaking of LVO, uh, I will be running my local LVO uh, qualifier on July 22nd. So if people are interested... Uh, there will be a link in the episode description. Awesome. So yes. Um, but now I must ask you what some think is the hardest question of the week. What character not in Marvel Crisis Protocol do you want to see in Marvel Crisis Protocol? So this is a pretty tricky question for me. Um, I'm not a big comics books guy. And my love of the M- of Marvel in general, started with the MCU, but lately I've been uh, I've been a little more down on the MCU than I had been before. So there's nothing super recent that really excites me that I want to see in MCP. But 
thinking back on the most recent phase of Marvel, I think one of the highlights for me was Loki. And I would love to see some of the Loki variants that we saw in the show in the game. Um, To be honest, it doesn't matter which variant. Maybe if we, it would be sweet if we could feel five Loki variants in one squad, that would be amazing. Um, But I think that would be what I would like to see in Marvel. Very fair. Uh, my standouts from the last phase, and I know I'm in the minority on this one, have been uh, Eternals and Shang-Chi. Ah, very nice. Uh, I think Shang-Chi would be... Well, I loved the Shang-Chi movie. Yeah. I just don't know what he would be like as a character in the game. I, I'm really looking for something spicy in terms of mechanics and bring something new in terms of flavor nowadays. Mm-hmm. I, I still think Shang-Chi could bring some interesting stuff, especially if you're pulling on the comics, what the comics do a lot more with the the clans, because there's a lot okay. deeper okay. mythology than the movie gets into. For sure. What um what kind of uh, different abilities does Shang-Chi have in the comics? So it's uh, Shang-Chi, it's more about like the organization around him. Um... Because there are the five clans... I'm going to mess up my Shang-Chi lore since I only very recently got into it and have not read all of it recently. So, forgive me, comics people. But uh, there are a bunch of different clans and, like, they all center around different weapons and so you can... And, like, Shang-Chi has, is of the, of the fist uh, and becomes basically the head of the greater organization that all of the clans fall under. So you can do some fun stuff with him as, like, the leader of the organization type thing, along with being this martial arts fighter. Interesting. Okay, I like that. I like that. I'm almost getting, like, a like a Wakandan type of vibe from it, in that there's the, the different tribes or clans, and they have their different fighting styles or weapon preferences. A little bit. It, it definitely is very differently flavored. Um, no, that makes sense. And again, this is me reading like one and a half of the most recent runs of Shang-Chi. This is not the full history of Shang-Chi. Gotcha. Well, that's one and a half more than I've read. <laughs> yep. But yeah, no, I I think there's a lot of interesting stuff they could pull from from the recent stuff. It's While I think the recent movies have been messes, I think a lot of the newer characters they have introduced have worked well, and it's been the existing characters that have been problems. Hmm, interesting. You know, speaking of the new characters, I'd love to see a Namor, like the MCU-style Namor. Mm-hmm. He was awesome in uh, in Wakanda Forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. But, anyway, what character did you bring for us to talk about today? Oh, absolutely. I mean, going back to my original episode, I have a love for big boys where I brought Black Dwarf. This character isn't as big, but I would still classify him definitely as a big boy, and that is the Blob. Yes. The Blob is a fascinating character. I like him a fair bit. Um, I just don't think he has a, like, obvious hope. Yeah, absolutely. And I know right before we started recording, we were talking about how he had just 
across the timeline of when he would be uh, valid to be discussed on your show because yep. he's still a relatively newer release. Yes. Um, but I think he's super fanatic, and I think by far he's been overshadowed by his box counterpart being Pyro. Yeah. Pyro is a hot new meta piece in a sense. Um, and I would love to see more people playing with the blob because he just looks like great fun. Yeah. Um, is there any place that jumps out to you 100% immediately? Hmm, I think now you're going to have to remind me a little bit because I really liked the structure that you broke down how to, I guess, maximize or fully explore a certain character on on this podcast mm -hmm. you mentioned there were four things that a character could need help with right yeah could you remind me of those four things so there are four things uh that i mentioned in the podcast um and i've been doing more thinking and i'm i'm still trying to pin down the full concept that i was trying to articulate there there may be more there may be less um mm -hmm. but what i expressed in the show uh in the show was there was accuracy which is either the want to push through, want to get past that threshold where you're dealing damage or where you're hitting a trigger. This is your reroll type yep. aff okay. affiliations, right? There is power generation, characters that gate is not so much how much damage they're doing, it's how they generate their power. Uh, and then you have mobility. These are the characters that are fast uh, or, or slow but don't have and don't have ways to reposition themselves so are looking for reposition outside of themselves and then you have uh what i call board presence which is the ability to affect other people on the board very nice no i, I like that i think that's a very clean and concise breakdown of those four mm -hmm. i think we can take a look at blob through those four and decide where his weaknesses are and where we would want to slot him in to kind of boost that up. Yeah. So it's... Or at least maybe, even aside from his weaknesses, his, maybe his strengths and where mm -hmm. we could slot him in to further enhance those strengths as well. Yes. So there are two ways to go about kind of creating a roster around the character. Either you're showing up their weaknesses or you're accentuating their strengths. And those are two kind of different Absolutely. design philosophies. Um, For sure. So how I think, do you from just Oh, sorry, go ahead. How do you view the blob then? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think aside from looking at strengths and weaknesses when we're looking at his card, let's look at what's most unique and most interesting, mm -hmm. flavorful and fun about his card. Yeah. Um so I think like looking at your first point about accuracy I don't think that's why you're taking the blob. He's not a damage-focused three-threat. Mm -hmm. His damage is okay, right? Um, and I don't think focusing on improving his accuracy or damage output or consistency will lead us to that interesting of a discussion, at least as a focus point. So I both agree and disagree. Because um, mm -hmm. as I specified more, and this is, this was a little bit of an adjustment from the phrasing I used in the actual episode with Omnis. I think accuracy is not just about pushing through that damage, but also hitting triggers. And I think the trigger on his spender is so important. You know, you're, you're right. I've done, I love his spender and it is 
by far one of the most fun abilities on his card. Um, but I've been disappointed many times when I missed that wild on that seven dice. Mm -hmm. so, so that's a great point. And he's also got a great uh, trigger on his strike as well yeah. with the push of size three or less. Mm -hmm. And of course, um, this being MCP, any time where you help him do more damage, more consistent damage through his builder, he also gains more power to then do more spenders or more special abilities. For him, yes. That is not a universal truth for characters anymore. For sure. No, uh. for sure. So that's the accuracy or damage output piece. <laughs> I think he could use some help a little bit on the power generation, mm -hmm. but especially on the mobility being the third category that we're looking at. Um, Blob is notoriously slow, being a slow mover. Medium base helps him out a bit. Mm -hmm. But the more you can get him in range to do his disruption, whether through the ha-ha-ha that tickles mm -hmm. or through just his uh, triggers that we talked about on his builder and spender, the more you're having a good time with Blob. So, um, jumping into the uh, actual, like, affiliation talk of this uh i want to bring up the one place i have actually just immediately tried blob uh which yeah, is which is shield oh very nice okay tell me a little bit about your experience with the blob and shield um he can kind of take over half of a board um uh, so i was playing him on bees and uh what uh uh sword base so, the squares. And he yeah. ended up, like, because of the combination of ha-ha-ha that tickles and how that works with the uh, shield leadership in your head where you get to, uh, where you do the damage reduction and then it has that hanging trigger for after the attack resolves to, where then you, yeah. when that trigger resolves, you check the range. Um, and so, at the same window, you have the trigger for the pay one for the advance off of uh, the shield leadership so you can advance into range or advance to reposition on the model before triggering the push. I love it. So did you ever get a chance to measure with that aggressive trigger and his innate range three range for the ha ha that tickles? How far does that actually get him? I, I did not. Um, I'm not much of a massy person with it uh, in this game, um, but it was he took over sides of the board because people just didn't want to deal with it, and so they just left him alone of, like, he can't quite cover two points by himself, so we'll just leave a dead point there and let him get one. Right, no, that makes sense. And fight on the other side of the board. I would imagine that that's close to a range five. Yeah. Uh, with the range three, short, and medium base advance. Mm -hmm. And you can actually take that even a step further. Now, okay, if it's close to range five, there's really no reason to do take it a step further. Mm -hmm. But you could eye, uh, eye in the sky, yep. have him advance closer, and then do the aggressive and the ha 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 that tickles to get him really far across the board from an attack. Mm hmm. But the other thing that I used it for was when my opponents were creating 
odd angles. You can use the shield leadership, even when you're already within range for ha ha that tickles, to like move through the opponent so now you're pushing them the other direction. Yes, I like that. Or you can push them first and then change the angle of your aggressive. Yep. So like there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of play there. Yeah, there's a lot of intricacy in that play. Uh so so that's something that I think is actually not terrible for him to look at. Oh, absolutely. Aside from the synergies that we talked about with Shield, like with the aggressive on the leadership and Eye in the Sky, are there any other particular character or affiliation based synergies that that really stood out to you with the blob and the shield? Um Shield is, I actually think, Sleeper one of the better Mutant Madman teams. Um, oh, and I think Blob okay. is also a very good Mutant Madman choice. Tell me a little bit about um, the specific synergies you found with Blob, Mutant Madman, and Shield. So, Shield just in general has a surprisingly high amount of four physical defense characters. Uh, okay. Like, Nick Fury himself, if I remember correctly, is for physical defense. Uh, let me finish scrolling. Yeah, so Nick Fury Sr., for physical defense. Um, you yeah. already have the grunt to play the extract game, which frees up some of your uh, other characters to go play the pay-to-flip game, so you're not losing as much on the physical side of things. Uh, and then you, you have a very solid suite of four physical defense characters in there as well. Uh, so you can play the pay-to-flip game rather aggressively. Like, Iron Man is also a four physical defense. So uh, Agent Widow and Hawkeye are both four physical defense. So you can really build a, basically, everyone has a four physical defense team on Mutant Madman in S.H.I.E.L.D. very easily. Yes, that makes sense. I like it. Um, and then Blob on Mutant Madman, once again, he's that for physical defense, but he's also, he cannot be pushed or thrown as a result of attack special rules. So that cuts off an amount of ways that's, that uh, certain teams interact with him to get him off the point to increase their odds. Um, and that ha-ha-ha, that tickles pushing people off the points. If people aren't careful, that can free up points for him to go uh, flip himself with that four physical defense and less resistance without having to rely on getting that wild trigger. So it's, it's really annoying to play against Blob on pay to flips. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I, I don't play enough medium-based short move characters, but is there any point where Blob can walk between two madman traps with a single move? I don't think so, right? I think it's always a double move. Or uh, a move and spender to place? I think he can get between them in a move, just not anywhere close to turn one. But I think okay. if you're on if you're like, the one side of one, you may be able to get to the, to the close side of the, of the other. But I'm not 100% sure it may be just off. But that spender is a longer distance than that short by a fair margin. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. It's massive. 
Mm -hmm. Nice. Okay, so Shield is an interesting one to explore. Are there any affiliations that jump out to you? Yeah, absolutely. So, like you were thinking with Shield, I also really like these synergies with Haha That Tickles. I think that is the most um, interesting and thematic ability on his card, aside from his spender. Mm-hmm. Um, there's really no other effect like Hahaha that tickles in this game aside from is it Dormammu I guess that pushes people away when they're getting attacked. Everyone else is uh, there's no, nobody else that really does anything like that. Uh, in the normal game, yes. Uh, for those of you who have played the Thanos Ultimate Encounter, watch out after uh, he can do stuff <laughs> there as well. Very interesting. No, I haven't ever played that uh, often in the campus. That's that's good to know. Uh -huh. um, I think another similar ability, I guess, is like Ancient One, where she pulls you closer yeah. when she's attacked. But uh, that's the that's another the closest comparison I can think of. Mm -hmm. um, similar to your trick with the aggressive on the shield leadership, I think another great spot to mess around with the range on Haha that tickles would be in Convocation. Yeah. Uh, with their bump leadership. Yep. Where he's able to bump in. I believe when I last measured this, this is uh, greater than range four with his bump and his innate range three on how that tickles. Mm -hmm. I think that would be a very interesting spot to explore the blog. Yeah. Um, he's not the biggest books person, but that happens. Uh, being a four-two-two on his defense, but you can walk around yep. that. He doesn't read good. Mm -hmm. Um, I speaking of bad ideas. Okay. Uh, I think he's an interesting character to put into Cyclops leadership. Oh, that is a bad idea. <laughs> but that spender is just so good. I think there could be a, uh, something to, to build around there, right? Cyclops yeah. has field leader to get Blob into place. Mm -hmm. So then you can then juice up that spender and, and roll for it. Mm -hmm. Are there any other immediate synergies that you're thinking about in terms of Cyclops? It's, well, you also have the, like, being able to do, like, distribute the cost of his spender so he doesn't have to reliably gain power as often to do his spender. Um, but, like, just getting him to do his spender, he's at a three-power spender, which is a lot easier to crowdfund than, like, a four- or five-power spender. Mm-hmm. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. And if you're playing low but impactful points, your uh, your uh, Mayor Fisk and your uh, research station, one Thunderous Splash can do a lot. Oh, for sure. Now I'm just pulling up um, pulling up Cyclops' card here. As I don't think I've seen him on the table since we last spoke on your podcast. <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, I guess there could be interesting synergies where uh, if you do, if you have sacrifice, then you can 
either if they attack Blob, you can sacrifice him to Cyclops and he can quick draw. Oh, actually, no, you cannot because you can't uh, you can't add dice to your sacrifice defense. So, uh, never mind. Uh, okay, I don't know about sacrifice and quick draw interacting. Yeah, I'm not sure. It because... does say you roll five defense dice. Yeah. So maybe you still roll the five and you don't get your crits and whatnot. Yeah. I don't know if it's setting a value rather than adding dice, and that may be a differentiation. I don't know. That is a question for the rules form. Hey, you know, that actually brings me back to another idea that we should further explore in this conversation in that it's, it's centered around the attack diversion. And I think this works actually very well in your shield idea. Mm -hmm. So if you a very commonly play tactics card with shield is sacrifice. Mm -hmm. If you say have Blob and Hawkeye, right? Um, your opponent, depending on where they're at, if they attack either one, you can sacrifice onto the other so that either they get pushed away by Blob mm -hmm. or they take a quick draw shot from Hawkeye. Yep. And it's kind of a, a lose-lose situation. Um. Speaking of sacrifice, uh, let's talk quickly about Cobox Red Skull. Oh, okay. I like where you're going with this. Because he has Hail Hydra, and you can make a real annoying side of the board between uh, Red Skull and Blob. Yes, yes, absolutely. Um, I don't know how well Blob uses his leadership, but I mean, when he's punching, it doesn't hurt to get a little bit more power. I like the Hail Hydra idea a lot because it makes Red Skull a very, very annoying extract holder yep. in that case. And even a secure holder if he's not just being thrown away by uh, superpowers. Mm -hmm. And he's basically got a pseudo Heroes for Hire online all the time with Blob as the bodyguard. Uh -huh. you, can also, the, you can also reposition the Blob using the Cosmic Cube. Um, and getting the rebate back on the spender, I think, is important. Because I think that spender is going to be key to how you... Like, impactful spenders are going to be key on how you make Blob work. Yes. Yes, that makes sense. And, of course, along with the... I know you've got a love affair for OG Red Skull. Mm -hmm. But with a very similar ability... We have the new Modok, yes, who also has that reverse bodyguard ability. I I am a big fan of new Doc. Uh, I I am building mine right now, and I'm hoping to play him this week with uh, World War Two Steve to do really dumb stuff. Yes, I like that synergy that you mentioned. Um, I believe that was also on the on this podcast. So I've been I, talking I, about I that one everywhere, so it may have been like have four you? different okay. places. <laughs> Very good. Uh, yeah, I like that synergy trying to get that flurry. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also have those same synergies we talked about with OG Red Skull, largely with uh, this new MODOK here. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I will say MODOK's uh, rerolls are weird. Oh, I bet. Now, I guess Blob's not the best person to fund that. Yeah. But um, every now and then you can get a spike on Blob. Or mm -hmm. He takes uh, a lot of damage and dazes, and you'll have plenty of power to beat to Modok in that case. Mm -hmm. 
So, are there any other places that jump out to you? I'm just looking through. You know, I really like that attack diversion idea. I like pushing the um, the haha it tickles beyond its normal boundaries. Yeah. I'm just wondering if there's other places that that do that very well. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say he's another potato for a potato tribal uh, kingpin criminal syndicate. Yep. Yep, absolutely. And then I'm sure there's some divert attack diversion ideas that that work out there. Mm -hmm. um, he's kind of funny in Asgard where he becomes super tanky, but I don't think there's too much interesting beyond that. Yeah. Um, and I then think the, we covered most of the, yeah. the really interesting ones. And, like, there are the places everyone's good. Like, I imagine he's a perfectly serviceable Sam Span character. To just be yeah, annoying in the middle of a fight. Uh, he's probably just fighting as a guardian splash as the person that goes in in the front line while you have your gun line in the back. But, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But, I feel like Sam and Guardians, you bring up these are great examples that are just polishers. You basically throw anybody in there and they become, you know, better. Mm -hmm. But I don't know if it's super interesting. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, it sounds like you've really latched on to that shield idea I brought up. I like the shield idea a lot. Um, but I think for this episode, I would like to talk a little bit more about the blob in Convocation. Ooh, okay. Let's go for it. Um, it there's a lot of unexplored territory here, and we might throw in a possible defender splash, depending on how our character selection lines up. Yeah. Well, first off, we must select which convocation characters are we actually bringing? There are a lot of them, and we don't have a leader. Right. That's right. Now we are free to pick as we see fit. Um, I am personally, just straight out of the gate, a big Agent 1 fan. Yes, I love that idea, especially... Because it stacks on to the you hit me, you get moved synergy. Yeah. Um, so we can have a similar effect as I mentioned with Hawkeye, um, where you have Blob next to the Ancient One, depending on if you want to push them or pull them. And you can combine that with your teleporting shenanigans from the leadership. You can sacrifice onto one or the other to push and pull the enemy around. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think he does not mind OG Doctor Strange. I like that as well a lot. And then with that, we've already got two members that are both Convocation and Defenders at that point. Mm -hmm. But it's like, he, those two energy and mystic defenses are weaknesses. Um, and Doctor Strange cl closes up that liability in a way. Oh, absolutely. Um, the uh, the ability of the heal just becomes way more valuable. Mm -hmm. For sure. Uh, Let's see. Who else do we have in Convocation that could be interesting? So I think we need some of the three and maybe even the two threat. 
So yes. we have... Yes. Now this is where it gets a little tricky. <laughs> so we have Bear Moto, Clear, and Magic for our three threats. Which ones of those jump out to you? Hmm. Now... Do we run R&D in this list to look at all the... Look, one of the common themes between all of these three threats are like Immortal, Clea, at least they can generate power themselves and R&D it out. Mm -hmm. So, for example, if they do that round one, you have your guaranteed spender online round two. Yep. Uh, given that you don't interact or anything like that round one, I think that's, that's pretty decent. Mm -hmm. Of those three... I guess between like Mordo and Clea, mm -hmm. do either of them stand out to you for making Blob better? Um, so I think they're both interesting in different ways because uh, on the Mordo end, I'm not sure it's a good trade because you are naturally tanky character, so your health is valued higher, but he does have the Ferocity Act to help out with your dice uh, by just adding volume rather than adding consistency. Um, while Clea also has the ability to reposition, uh, Blob. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. And of course, Clea is the more spicy pick, mm -hmm. being basically a never-seen character on the board, whereas Mordo is, uh, is pretty regularly seen in a convocation list. Mm -hmm. But looking through Mordo's card right now, I think I sold on Mordo because of one of his lesser-used abilities. And that, in fact, is Vaulting Boots of Valtor. Yes. Which reads, after this character is pushed, you can use a superpower. After the attack is resolved, this character advances short. Now, are you catching what I'm thinking about here? With yes. that superpower and blob? Tremendous splash does push allied characters. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I think there could be some cheeky plays on, on let's say, a D-Secure. Where yep. you don't want to have to move your Mordo or he's already actually finished activating. Um, you can then, tremendous splash, depending on the, the placement of where your Mordo is, you can push him with the spender, and then he can then make another advance himself. Yeah. Um, I've always I've always enjoyed how Mordo is basically sword proof. Oh, yes, that's a great point as well. That's a great point. But I think it's a rare situation where your opponent wants to push Mordo compared to everybody else that's on the board. So the more likely one is actually is Mordo is the one that gets the trigger on the Cosmic Vaults. Ah, yes, that, that happens uh, quite a bit more often, for yeah. sure. Ah, maybe, maybe not, just because like Cosmic Vaults is not played that much. Right. Even even though people right. should so, be playing Cosmic Vaults, it's a very fun scenario. I, I love the D-shape secures always. It's just a very strategic and position-based game of MCP that I very much enjoy. Do we bring both Mordo and Clea? Or do we want Mordo and Magic? You know, I'm thinking for something a little spicier for that second three-threat slot, Going along with the theme of using the teleporting leadership and getting some defensive jank out of it, I think we should take a look at our rogue agent selections and take a deep dive into 
Taskmaster, perhaps. Interesting. Okay. Let's... Taskmaster is a boy, boy I have played probably more recently than most people. Oh, very nice. Very uh, nice. Because he is actually the rogue agent of choice for uh, Winter God. Okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And I've been eyeing him because I've been recently playing a little bit of Convocation. Just dabbled back into it a bit. Um, I still can't give up my love for Bucky. Mm-hmm. But Taskmaster comes a very close second right now in my consideration for Convocation. I think there's actually a lot of interesting synergies to talk about here. Bring them! So, with Blob, of course, just like we talked about with Hawkeye, with Ancient One, running that sacrifice between two different characters with different defensive abilities that punish your opponents for attacking them, Create some very interesting puzzles for your opponents. Mm-hmm. So, in ca- the case of Taskmaster, he has uh, is it photographic reflexes that is a counter strike? Yeah, basically, yes. photographic reflexes. Um, he can roll additional ty- dice on the second time or multiple times after he's attacked, and then he's also got martial arts. So, using Convocation's leadership, you can teleport in and out of martial artists and then punish your opponents by doing his juiced up counter strike. Mm-hmm. Um, of note, because this was uh, brought up in a recent episode, um, when you are facing grunt characters, you your die your defense dice resets when they change who is activating, who who is doing the the actions. Between the grunt and the parent. Oh, very interesting. Because if an enemy character targets this character with an attack and already has attacked this character with an attack this turn. So the grunts will make an attack at three and then make an attack against five. And then, like, say, Nick Fury will come in and make an attack against three and then make an attack against five. That makes sense. So it's not tied to the turn, it's tied to the character. That's a good note because I'm sure most of us haven't seen Taskmaster on the board very often. Yes. I think some other synergies go well along with Taskmaster specific to Convocation. We slotted in OG Strange, and he, of course, with his dice boost, works wonderfully with Martial Artist. Yep. And then, of course, his heal also works better on tanky characters, like we talked about damage reduction, but also works great on characters with Martial Artist, yep. like Taskmaster. Mm-hmm. Let's get him in there. Let's do it. That sounds great. Um, are we bringing the Wong? I think so. I think if we've got OG Strange and we are trying to basically build a list where we play Blob all the time out mm-hmm. of affiliation, we got to have the flexibility to to build a to build a, a more flexible core mm-hmm. with our affiliate models. So I think Wong is a good fit in there. Yeah, very fair. Though I will say. The flexibility inherent in Convocation just by being able to set the leadership on anybody allows you to play some tiny cores. I I have run the uh, clear magic Wong core to put some big boys on the board in Convocation. Yes, yes. No, that makes a lot of sense. And I thought about that quite a bit as well. Um, I just don't really love the the eight point core that complication puts out it's just too support heavy and i feel like 
you're really relying on the big boy. Well, I want to speak about a big scary monster that I think splashes well into Convocation and is new. Do tell. How do you feel about Immortal Hulk? Ah, I had a feeling that this is where you're going. Well, uh, Immortal Hulk works very well with the Defenders side that we have to this as well. We've naturally kind of stumbled into a Defenders dual affiliation. That's um, very with, easy to do with complication. Yeah, long and ancient one now. Mm -hmm. um, I think the Hulk has uh, is a very interesting piece. I was a little bit disappointed of when he was first spoiled by how similar his play style seemed to the OG Hulk. Now I've never uh, never played him on the board yet, mm -hmm. but um, when he was uh, was put into Midnight Suns with the affiliation document, uh, I became a lot more excited about him because he gave him quite a bit of a unique angle. Yeah. So now he go ahead. I I find him a little bit more different from OG Hulk than I think a lot of people, and I think it's more because of the uh. I think the way that his fundamental stat block is laid out actually ends up being a bigger impact on how he's going to play than most people realize. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. Because it's... Um, having that massive uh, mystic defense and that 5 light less HP, but with the massive amount of healing... It's going to really functionally change how you end up going about Hulk. Also, Hulk is always as uh, immortal. Hulk is always as powerful as he's ever going to be, uh, dice-wise. Unlike OG Hulk, who gets scarier on the dice the more you damage him, and that's a balancing act you don't have to worry about on immortal Hulk. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to think about now. You have my attention for sure. I'm just trying to think about how we would slot this in with the blob as well. So in Convocation, it might be trickier because they would both be out of affiliation. Mm -hmm. And then now you're looking at 10 point out of affiliation. Yeah, set. which is a high but affiliation, uh, out of affiliation tax for sure. But that would be for your high threat scenarios mostly. Uh, but it's... right. He's just something I've been aware of, and I think he plays into the, like, be annoying in your opponent's ability to activate against you through his uh, Team Tactics card um, that lets him choose a superpower and basically say, hey, I gain power when you do this. So if they're... We have a lot of ways to mitigate attacking, and we don't have a lot of ways to mitigate superpowers right now, and that's a way to mitigate superpowers in a way that also funnels our opponent into attacking. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. I think to get around that high point out of affiliation core, we could easily swap over to defenders, yeah. where iHulk is affiliated, and we have a lot easier time list building. Uh -huh. So, that would strange, be what? iHulk is 12. Yeah, so that's 15. 15. Yeah. That seems like yeah, an annoying gamma team. It does, absolutely. And I think you can easily uh, fit in somebody like, uh, take your pick between Luke Cage or uh, Iron Fist for additional bodyguard-like shenanigans. 
mm-hmm. and I think that could be very, very fun. Yeah, Defenders has such a weird but robust roster. Um, yes, I think they're just a couple tactics cards away from being uh, much more legitimate competitively. I, very much so. I also think people need... How do I phrase this? I think there is... The characters that are in Defenders feel very disparate in a way that I don't think latches on to some people. And I think once you get a, like, a good Defenders enthusiast going in here and really breaking down, especially with iHulk now in there alongside Hulk, um, there may be some interesting stuff already there because you got a really interesting spread across the board. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. And I think iHulk does add some stuff to Defenders and also actually to Defenders, let's say, Blob in it because we're looking to maximize Blob. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't think iHulk has any immediate and obvious synergies with Blob. The things like we talked about, the attack diversion, making more use out of haha tickles or helping him get powered up to do his spenders. Um, but I think iHulk presents such a big target for the opponent that yeah, they really can't ignore him very yeah. well. And then now you combine that with Blob, with Sacrifice, with Strange, with the healing, and then another Heroes for Hire character, you create a very, very interesting defensive maneuver and a puzzle for your opponent to try to pick apart. Yep. So I'm hearing Hulk and Luke Cage would be my guess. Luke Cage is good. I play a lot of Luke Cage. So mm-hmm. let's go with Iron Fist instead. Okay. that That's 100% fair. I was just thinking Luke Cage along the same lines of we are a team that is mucking with combat math. Luke Cage is a character that also inherently mucks with combat math. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't fault you for taking both. I literally just play Luke Cage in almost every affiliation <laughs> I play. And I think Fist has some interesting synergies in that it also creates that defensive puzzle for your opponent. Yep. Where they put one attack into Blob, and they put another, and then it gets heroes for hired by Iron Fist. Now Iron Fist is juiced up so that he can do his spender. And uh, I think there's some good synergies there. Yeah, 100% fair. So we have two slots left. Anything that jumps out to you? Two slots left. Let's look at some out of affiliation pieces. Yeah. That might might make Blob even better. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I'm not sure what that might look like. So I'm saying that we are making a list where we are being utter pests. Am I yes, wrong in that assessment? No, not at all. I like that the defensive defensive uh formations that we can form. So I am just thinking maybe we play the ultimate pest, Loki. Loki's very interesting. Let's see. I'm, I'm going to pull up his card here. I'm just trying to think of more reactive abilities as well that could uh, that could mess with your opponent when they attack you. Well, so he I, has... that was scrolling down to Loki. Yeah, tell me a little bit about Loki first. So one, he has that AOE. Increase all your active and reactive superpowers by one. We are creating a disparity yeah. between how we're doing our reactives and you're doing your reactives. 
just inherently. Um, he also has that trickster and I am a god to play annoying on defense by himself. While he does not inherently synergize, at least unless we are giving him a gem, which I don't think we want to do in this case. Well, he doesn't inherently synergize, he does play into the game plan and can be a good across-the-board pick, where we have Blob on, Blob on a side of the table with their synergy piece, and then Loki can play on the other side of the table with one of the other synergy pieces. Very nice. No, that makes sense. I think you can also do some shenanigans like his uh, his his trickster yep. into sacrifice range into blob so that he can push you out. And it's also once you flip Loki, he gets the bubble where everyone uh, your opponents don't uh, explode their crits. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. I think he's very interesting. I think. I'm just going through all the characters. A lot of them start popping out to me with some of these defensive maneuvers and trickery here. Mm -hmm. um, one that caught my attention here is Mysterio. Yeah, Mysterio is an interesting beast that I'm not sure how to quite grok. Um, so, I mean, he's super slow, which yeah. is not great with the blob, mm -hmm. but... I think your opponent getting pushed away from uh, tickles, triggering tricks and traps, mm -hmm. is uh, is amazing synergy there. Yeah, it's. I just worry that it's too slow of a squad at that point. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for sure. We're not building this to be competitive. We're building this just to be funny. <laughs> mm -hmm. Um, and so that is, um. Talking about defensive tricks, let's talk about a classic defensive trick, and that's Okoye. Okay, okay. She sounds pretty good with uh with both sides, defenders and complication. Mm -hmm. It's just Okoye is very good on defense, and we are playing a defensive game plan, it's looking like. So and having the ability it lets you go fit in those big picks more often because you have the double two option suddenly, and at least one of the uh, both of the twos, if not one, if not both of the twos, are playing into the game plan option. Yes, yes, absolutely. And I know Okoye isn't seeing much love nowadays after her, uh, her nerf. Uh, her rightfully deserved the, nerf. Her rightfully deserved, maybe a little bit heavy handed. Um, but she still sees a, a little bit of play in a couple of spots, and mm -hmm. I think this could be a, a decent spot where, with the teleport, she gets into martial artist range, which helps her a lot. Mm -hmm. um, are there any other bodyguard effects that we want to look at as well? How about, how about Black Dwarf? Black Dwarf! So, I like Black Dwarf a fair bit. Um... He is just a character that I think is, I don't think it's quite right for this roster, because I feel like he is competing with the slots, some of the slots we already have filled with in-affiliation people. 
Um, yeah, which which slots would would those be? Well, so it's it's he a little bit competes with the Blob because he's that slow, trundly, in your face character. He also, oh yeah, he competes a little bit. I it would be more distinct if we had Luke Cage in there, but he also competes with that heroes for higher slot. Um, and I think we're just going to end up playing those defensive techs rather than Black Dwarf consistently. Consistently sure, okay. enough that I'm not sure Black Dwarf has a spot in the list. I think he can definitely play into the strategy, but I think we've already had his spots filled, if that makes sense. No, that's very fair. And I've been playing some, in my convocation list, I've been playing some Rhino a lot and a little bit of Hulk. I just love the large base teleport off of the defensive trigger, it gets them mm-hmm. so far, either out of danger or back in the threat range. Um, that's just a great, great synergy there. Mm-hmm. But let's let's talk about other... Uh, being defensive on a different sh- uh, axis. Uh, and talk about Shuri. Oh, sure, you could be interesting as well. Doubling mm-hmm. up on the push. Along with the uh, tickles, gives you some more dice consistency to fish for those wilds. Even gives you some defensive uh, buffs with uh, re-rolling those you know, two energy or psychic defense. Yep, exactly. Um, and just it also gives you that consistency we're looking for on that um, spender. For sure. For sure. Um, I think on the theme of rerolls, I think we should actually slot in somebody we visited at the beginning of the conversation that has great synergies and complication, maybe a bit in defenders. I think we should take a look at Modoc 2 again. Yeah. Um, I think Modoc, uh, Nudoc is really, really interesting. Um, he's very selfish. For sure, for sure, absolutely. Um, I think some of the convocation characters we have mm-hmm. that don't like to be in the fight can generate a good amount of power just self by themselves, like Wong or Ordo. Yep. More power they can really use can help fund that. Mm-hmm. And then we've got that reverse bodyguard synergy with the Blob, and mm-hmm. we can appeal to my heart where we've got a teleporting large base again in convocation. Yeah, well... Yeah, I I can go with it. I I think we should round out the thruster with Nudok and Shuri. Sure thing. Yeah, that sounds pretty solid. So now, crises. What crises are we playing with this pile? Okay, this should be relatively easy. Because we are looking to maximize the blob. And we want him to do some hilarious things. So let's start with the secures where we want to either have him push as many people with his uh, with his fender mm-hmm. or maybe we even look at some of the de-secures where we're looking to push our own Baron Mordo or our own allies around the board as well, situationally. So the first thing I look at is uh, actually Mutant Batman because I think 
Blob is a very, very good mutant madman person. But Convocation defenders aren't quite known for their mutant madman stats. No, not at all. That's traditionally like their weakest secure. Yeah. But I've had some recent success on Madman with uh, with some splashes like Rhino, Luke Cage. That's helped a lot, but that's not really what we're looking at yeah. for the list today here. I do think, though, that we like Infinity Formula. Infinity could be good, for sure. It gives you, once again, it gives you that guaranteed turn to uh, splash from Blob to go into the opponent's uh, B, opponent's uh, formula at the end of round. And it allows you to play, if you're doing the advanced R&D play, it allows him to also do that while still interacting with an objective on the way. Yes, absolutely. So we'll pop in formula, more power equals to more fun. As usual. Um, I think we want something central, like Gamma, or even maybe Deadly Meteors, where we're able to group up and form that brick, that defensive formation we've been talking about this whole time. Yeah, I definitely am going with Gamma. I don't think we're a Demon's team. I think Blob is not a Demon's character. How about Deadly Meteors? Now, Blob's energy defense is very very poor, but... I think some of the Convocation characters we have do all right on that front. Yeah. Um, Mordeaux has a four in there. Doctor Strange has a four. Uh, Wong and Ancient One have threes. So it's like, we we can definitely be very solid on it. Um, mm-hmm. I could definitely be convinced, but I'm also uh, looking at either... Mayor Fisk or Sword Base as well. Fisk is interesting. I was just imagining in my head if there's a line to get Blob repower and within range to do a um, his spender round one mm-hmm. where it can affect both fists. I think. And are you. Um, and the other pieces you, you support? Blob with, it's possible, but I think it's more uh, more gimmicky than uh, than valid. Yeah, but I also think Blob just, Blob on the higher the value the each individual point on the board is, I think the more value his spender has. Yes, yes, absolutely. Now the thing is, we really hate stun, don't we? Literally everybody on the team hates stun. Yeah. Aside from Hulk? Yeah. Yeah, which is, which is my way. Which is why I miss Teogenesis. I honestly wish they yeah, kept Teogenesis yeah, more than easier. Mayor Fisk, but that is a whole separate conversation. Um, and then Sword Base, again, it is that, like, we have a lot of shenanigans when our opponent tries to move us around. Um, mm-hmm. We can be really annoying on the points. Um... I'm not a hundred percent convinced by it. It's I could go either way on on the sword versus the uh, medias. Yeah, you know, I think we should also consider scoundrels. Yeah. Just number one, it's a higher point level, which allows us to fit in and out of affiliation like blob easily. We um, could do. Can... Okay, one second. Let me do math. Uh, you could do blob, eye Hulk. 
uh, strange uh, Mordell Wong as your 20. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Strange has got some interesting synergies on Scandrels as well. And Blob can, depending on positioning, can, can do his uh, splash spender between the different Scandrel points. Yep. Yeah. Let's do that. Let's uh, let's do some scoundrels. Cool. Now, extract. I think they're the big obvious one we want. Which one would that be? Uh, I think we are a um, research station team. Yes, I like that. Helps with that central defensive brick we want to build. And like, uh, strange blob, uh, eye Hulk on research. It sounds like an unfun time. <laughs> that sounds very fun for the person playing it. Yeah. That's hilarious. Okay, I like that. I like that. Anything else that stands out to you immediately? I don't think these have too much of an effect on our blob performance. Mm -hmm. So it's... Let's just start cutting some things out then. Um, I don't think we're a hammer's team. No, especially because we're not running Strange 2. We don't have those sneaky eye on the prize plays. And it's also, um, Convocation is notoriously tact uh, team tactics cards dependent, where the hammer tax affects them more readily than most other teams. Um, and yeah. I don't yeah. think we have the characters that maximize it in ways that other teams do. No, definitely not. Uh, Montesti is a very traditional convocation yes. uh, extract, especially after the flip to Mystic. Mm -hmm. um, however, Mystic's pretty good into Blob, so I don't know if we want to be getting beamed by books from the Blob. I think it might be okay, because yeah. it's a relatively slower scoring game. Mm -hmm. uh, so to get more healing for the defensive tricks. Yeah, I, I think we go Montesi. Um Yeah. Because even if it affects Blob, Blob is flat damage reduction to so much more than, and than like, two dice. Yes. Yes, for sure. And the last one, I think we want something still slower scoring so we yeah. can use more of that reduction, more of that healing like we're talking yeah. about. So I think we cut out Extremist, Spider-Infected, and Cube. We'll, we'll scrap those, and that leaves us with... Alien ship, legacy virus, paranoia, or scrolls. A paranoia scrolls very fast, so we'll skip that. Okay. Scrolls is okay. I think I like scrolls in terms of its point value being 20. It allows us to jam more of these guys along with Blob. Um, but I wouldn't be opposed to alien ship, legacy, or scrolls. I think we're fine on any of those realistically. Mm -hmm. Um, I've just been wanting to play more Alien Ship because I haven't gotten to play this one all that much yet, and it seems interesting. Okay, let's do it. We'll throw in Alien Ship. Now, Team Tactics card. First off, we get Ball with No Door. Yep. And I am Bound Box. Absolutely. Are we we'll take sacrifice Sac to sacrifice stuff onto blob? Yep, and then advanced R and D. That sounds great as well. To one, 
fun trick. Well, I don't know where this would work on. Like maybe maybe your opponent has to misposition himself themselves, but uh, they uh, you can R and D and then meditate and give a power to blob so the spenders online round one. Mm-hmm. Again, I don't know if there's a, a a scenario where you would want that, but that's the, that's a possibility out there. Yep. Um, are we taking pentagrams? Sure, why not? Yeah, we'll, we'll meme it up here. <laughs> well, and I think pentagram resolves uh some of like it doesn't solve the turn one mobility issue, but it solves the turn two mobility issue. Uh, if you're having to like cross the board with him or something. Yes, yes, it could make things interesting. Um, it gives I Hulk a lot to uh, jump around in, like a mm-hmm. black Bifrost type of play. Um, it's just a shadow of its own self. Yes. Um, are there any of the other convocation cards that jump out to you? Do any of these make Blob better? Um, I don't think specifically because convocation is very insular with them, their like thing. Uh, maybe Astral Ring helps you get closer to Blob so that you can heal him or give him dice boost, defensive dice boost from Strange. Yeah, I can see that. Let's put that on the maybe board. Yeah, I think that is a maybe. I think uh, Book of Cagliostro is one that we don't see very often. I think that is one we definitely should put in because we'll naturally be within two of each other anyways with the defensive tech that we're running. Yeah, I I could see that. Let's, let's... That puts us up to six already. Yes. Um, we need heroes. Yep, heroes for hire. Leaving us with three other cards. Let's see if there's any other character-specific stuff that jumps. Oh, we need the Immortal Hulk card. Mm, Which one? Uh, One second. I'm trying to remember. Uh, Gamma Drain. Okay, very nice. Well, uh, we'll definitely pop in some Gamma Drain. Because that's the one that taxes your opponent's uh, uh, superpowers that we were talking about earlier. Yes, absolutely. Which forces them to maybe attack you more, mm-hmm. and which is great because we're running this defensive tech. Um, how about mind games or simpleton? I so I like simpleton. I don't like it in this list. I think they're just both pretty fun. But I realized one thing that we missed that works very well with everybody that we're talking about here. No matter the cost. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, Almost every single character loves their spender here. Yep. Don't Blob, Ancient One, Doctor Strange, Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. And would I, all be great. And I think that last spot I want to give to Mission Objective because I think with our already defensive shenanigans, it, Mission Objective just protects our defensive shenanigans against Spike so well. I love it. I love it. Especially like we're talking about where a lot of them are going to be within range two anyways. Yep. And um, I guess you have to survive the initial attack. But let's say your first attack, you're not within range two. You get hit. You teleport with your leadership. Now you're within range two. You get dazed or KO'd. Then you can Mm -hmm. mission objective off. Yep. 
I love it. I love it. This is a great list. Yeah. So, for those of you at home, the final list is The Blob, Ancient One, OG Doctor Strange, Bear Modo, Taskmaster, Wong, The Immortal Hulk, Iron Fist, MODOK, Scientist Supreme, and Shuri. For tactic cards, we have The Ball With No Door, Ironbound Books of Shumagarath, Sacrifice, Advanced R&D, Pentagon, The Forala, Book of Cagliostra, Heroes for Hire, Gamma Drain, No Matter the Cost, Mission Objective. For Secures, we have Infinity Formula Goes Missing, Gamma Wave Sweeps Across Midwest, and Superpowered Scoundrels Form Sinister, Sinister Syndicate. And then Extracts, we have Research Station Attacked, Montezzi Formula Found, and Alien Ship Crashes in Downtown. Yeah, that seems that like a, a fun time. time. And I shall, I'm typing this into my Crit Wild right now, mm. and I shall name this list Sorcerer Supreme Fred. Fantastic. And if you end up playing it, let us know how it goes. Absolutely. I hope to put this on the board sometime soon. It will spice up my recent Convocation games for sure. Uh, if people wanted to reach out to you, where could they find you? They can find me on Discord. I'm on basically all of the uh, major channels. I'm quite active, probably a little too active for my own good. Um, my uh, Discord handle is VinceChanMCP. So hit me up anytime. Would love to chat with you guys about MCP or anything uh, anything you're interested in. Fantastic. And if people wanted to reach out to me, I am Gigypt on all uh, on the non-MCP servers, Alexa White on the MCP servers. Uh, if you want to get into the Morlocks Discord server, where not only do you have people like Vince Chan, uh, but also the uh, all of my work on custom Arkham, uh, custom Marvel Crisis Protocol characters. Uh, you can do so by supporting the Patreon at patreon.com slash LexaWhite, where on top of that you also get the uh, twice-a-month podcast, uh, The Darkhold, of all the stuff I've been playing at my locals, uh, which has been delayed because if you can't tell so far this episode, uh, I've been super stuffed up and not feeling well, so haven't been doing any non-necessary recording the last uh, week at the very least, if not a little bit longer than that at this point. Um, and then, uh, also you get my, what I've been watching podcast, which is just chronicling what I have been watching along with the, uh, with bonus episodes where I get guests on to talk about specific things. Uh, there are a bunch of bonus episodes in the planning stage that I'm just trying to pin down people for dates, uh, that have been, uh, that I am looking forward to. So keep an eye out for those. Um, so yeah, and then as I mentioned at the top of the show, we have our Matt Mox Bellevue, uh, LVO qualifier coming up in July, on July 22nd, so please come out to that. I am super, super excited about it. Uh, thank you very much for coming on. Oh, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, Lexa. And keep experimenting, people. Keep experimenting, people.